Hello, everyone, and welcome to Solid Steps Radio. I am Chad Russell, the co-host, and have a co-host. You happen to have another host, and that is Kurt Souter of Further Still Ministries. And we do this show called Solid Steps Radio. If you're tuning in for the very first time on the radio by accident, maybe you stumbled across the podcast or saw us on Facebook and said, what are these guys up to? Well, what we're up to is we're doing what we felt like God called us to do almost six years ago. I think it has been now, right? Dude, can you believe it? And we prayed and thought, do we need a show for men? And I, I sat back and thought and really looked at the world's landscape and I thought most of the problems of the world fall at the feet of men. Now you can argue with me all you want, but wars and prisons and a lot of the problems we find fall at the feet of guys. Like, yeah, we need a show. Not that we're going to change the world, but we want to reach men because we tell men, men, you are not living your destiny as a man fully if you are not a son of his and walking with Jesus Christ. Now, there's a lot of good men who have not done that, but we're telling you, your manhood begins and ends with your sonship to God. And so that being said, Solid Steps Radio is us talking about walking solidly with God. So every week we have somebody on talking about what the story that God is writing in their life, and today is no different. And we're talking today with a friend of ours who, he was in a socialist country as a missionary for 20 years. And he's seen and heard a lot. We're going to hear about that today. But he's also seen and heard something over the past 10 years, less than 10 years, that really has transformed how he has done ministry and missions work. And we're going to hear how that can actually benefit you here or wherever you're listening to our show. So, yeah, you know, Chad, once in a while you, you hear about people and then you hear this you hear this name and then you hear the name again and then you hear the name again and you go, Dude, I gotta meet this dude, and so that's Eric Barry. <laughs> Eric, I, I have heard about your 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 name boatloads of times. Oh my! And uh, it's just an honor to have you in here today, Kurt. And, it's the feeling is mutual. I've been hearing about you for as long as I've gone to as long as I've been here in Louisville. Well, it's uh, it's uh, it's great to have you, and I, we just want to hear your story. So, um. Yeah, Chad says you were on the mission field, but let's back up before that. You grew up in kind of going to church in California, is that right? Yeah, we. Uh, I was born and raised in the Catholic Church, and I had a good experience. I went to Catholic grammar school, Catholic high school. I was an altar boy. I, it was good. I got a good education, and uh, but I had a high school and when uh, my parents didn't force me to go to church, I kind of drifted away. I ended up at a junior college studying to be an environmental engineer. I wanted to save the planet. I, I, <laughs> don't laugh, Kirk. I, I was really sincere. I rode my bike everywhere. I didn't want to pollute. The, I didn't want. In L.A., we called it smog. Oh, I yeah. didn't want to pollute. Yeah. The, you know. So, and in in that in that they they taught me about evolution and God got small and science got really big and i i was uh working in a in a kind of a nice dinner house with a bar and uh i was working with these guys and they were christians and they and they were always talking about jesus and i was drinking and chasing girls and and i was thinking these poor guys they're missing out on all the fun so i would argue with them all the time like you guys know what you're doing (laughs) and so uh Finally, they but they had something going for them with Jesus that as as in in my prior in my religious tradition I had not seen that, 
And so they talked me into going to church, and I went, and uh, I walked in there, and I somehow knew as a as a pagan kid, man, God's here. And the pastor gets up, he opens the Bible, and he starts talking about Jesus. I, I, I mean, they, these guys sang for 45 minutes. And in my tradition, the the thing is over at 50 minutes. And, and I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, how long are we going to be singing? <laughs> they here? haven't even started the sermon yet. <laughs> they haven't yet. even started yet. He walks out. I'm thinking, holy smokes. <laughs> so uh, he opens the Bible, and I, I am thinking, oh, man, I knew he was right. And I knew I was toast. But now let me back up just a second because you're the the buddies that you were that were you were making fun of, you yeah. know, when you were working. What did you see in them? They had it going with God, like they would talk about God. They would they were God was a part of their lives. We we were all working together, and I'm thinking they knew God and and they loved God. You know, like I honestly, this is this is on me. I went to the mass every week, and the best part was when the, the priest would say. Uh, uh, go in peace to love and serve the Lord. And he'd say goodbye. And I'd think, okay, did my job. I'm out of here. And it was once a week and then less than that. And, and But they loved this God stuff. Would you say you saw peace, joy, fulfillment? Uh, all of that. And they were good guys. They weren't slackers. They weren't critical. You know, I, I wasn't discerning enough to recognize peace or you know, but I could see how they treated me, how they treated the waitresses, and how that you know, and I, hey, these are nice guys, and and plus they were always talking about Jesus, and, and it was like you know they're always like, hey Eric, Jesus, you know, and I'm, hey guys, evolution, you know, like hey, you're missing out, you know, and and so we'd go back and forth, and I liked them, we were friends. So, but when no no you when you go back to the church with them when you went you know went I finally to the went to church with them yeah what I mean what what happened how did you because you you gave your life to the Lord you 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 were converted well see they 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 had me they had me go the pastor opened the Bible he was talking out of the Bible now in my tradition we didn't necessarily do that very much and I'm thinking huh. And so I kept going, and I kept going, and I kept going, and and I realized, okay, this stuff is true. Mm-hmm. You know, like the Word of God was speaking to me, and I realized, no, this is true. This is right. Because I, I knew, like, I knew I was doing crummy stuff to, to people, you know? Like, it, it wasn't good. And uh, sexual immorality, uh, I was having a hard time. I had a girlfriend, and, uh, you know, I, that's what I thought girls were for. And, uh, uh, but they weren't wired like that. And, and so what, um, you gave your life to the Lord. Well, gave my life to the Lord. And, uh, I had a tough time. I, I, I did not, I still had my girlfriend and, and I was struggling to be a good Christian. And I was a pretty horrible Christian just in terms of cleaning my life up. Like I was having a hard time with sin and, and, uh, you, you, you mentioned, um, you were tending bar. Right, I, I was in a in an environment. With, with, I was tending a bar, and uh, <laughs> I I realized, okay, I cannot stay in this bar. And at, well, this was after I converted. Yeah, I I, I thought, okay, this isn't going to help. So I, I I asked the Lord for a job, out not outside of bartending. The Lord gets me a job loading ice cream in a freezer at twenty below zero. And it was a great job, but it sounds terrible, but it was a great job because 
we, you spend a lot of time out of the freezer or you'll die, you know? And so I would read my, I'd read the New Testament. I, I, I'd actually read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John because Jesus was the only guy I could understand as a new believer. And yeah. uh, I'm, I'm reading him and I am thinking, man, Nobody talks like him. I, I was going to great churches, but nobody preaches like him. You, you read the Sermon on the Mount, and, and, and I'm like, holy smokes, pull out my eye, cut off my hand. And I'm trying to get rid of all that stuff, you know. And, and, it's, it's, and he's scaring me, but he made me understand because I, I couldn't understand the Old Testament. I didn't understand Paul's letters and Revelation, forget it. I, I just understood. I just read those every night. Read, read through the life of Jesus, reading the Gospels. Reading the Gospels, he would say, what is it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? What will you give in exchange for your soul? I think, okay, like make it to heaven or you're toast. You know, like this life is about you need to get to, it doesn't matter all the stuff you get in this life. If, you, if you're not right with Jesus, it's all in vain. And, and I, you know, I, I was no theologian, but I'm looking at this thinking, okay, makes sense to me. Uh, and so, um, and, and then from there, I, so I'm, I'm going to church. I'm trying to straighten, get straightened up. And I'm, I attended a church where this was, think, 41 years ago. Everybody's wearing suits. Uh, everybody looks great on Sunday morning. And I'm thinking, I'm a mess. And I'm looking at all these people and thinking, man, these people have it together, and I'm just limping along here. Well, go well, ahead. Well, and then, I mean, really, you, you, this, is, this is the little seed that God planted in your heart to fast forward, because we're going to hit, we're gonna hit in, in the next segment, we're going to hit God, God not just saves you and redeems you, but he's calling you yeah. to something really cool. Yeah. You know, that may sound familiar. Our stories are very similar. I was Catholic, altar boy, kept my nose clean on Sundays, but then Monday through Saturday was a little bit different. So if you're hearing this, you're like, you know, that guy. Okay, so yeah, he had a conversion. He went from one thing to the next and cleaned up his life. But little did he know he was going to go from loading ice cream cream to a socialist country for 20 years to be a missionary. So we're going to talk more about that coming up in the next segment here on Solid Steps Radio. We want to thank our sponsors of our show, LN Credit Union. They're a local lender in the Louisville, Kentucky, Anna area. If you're listening elsewhere, uh, they do all types of different financing, and whether it's commercial, residential loans, banks, uh, bank deposits, you name it, LN Credit Union can take care of you financially. Vision First Eye Care, they're in 11 different cities and, and six just in Louisville alone. So if you live in the Louisville area and you need your eyes taken care of, Vision First Eye Care can take care of you. You're not just a set of eyes, you are a person to them. And then Frank Enterprises, if you have any septic tank issues, landscaping, water waste management, anything that, if you've got water outside your house not going where it is supposed to go, Frank Enterprises can take care of you. So, Eric, I, I'm, I'm just fascinated by your story. So, I mean, you, you grow up Catholic. You, you, know, you eventually give your life fully and wholly to the Lord. Uh, you're, you know, I, I love that you're bartending. You're, you're bartending, and there's girls all over the place and alcohol all over the place, and you're going, something's not quite right, you know. You know and, uh, <laughs> I think I should be here. <laughs> yeah, and you're supposed to be, you know. You're, you know I mean, Jesus said the, the way is narrow. Of the to the way of life, you know, and so you're recognizing that, and and you you mentioned uh, in in the break that you were 
you, you, that girl that you were with, something happened. <laughs> I ended up marrying her. <laughs> and she said yes. She said yes. <laughs> she she and my mentor were smarter than me. I, I, yeah, that's, that's by, why, God, by God's grace. It's one of the reasons why we just, get married. Yeah, she she understood stuff I didn't get. So, okay, so, but you're not, I mean, you're not ready to go to the mission field. You're just trying to learn what in the world is, the, what, it, what it means to be a Christian. Yeah, I'm trying to clean up my act. And uh, so I'm, I'm sitting in a church, a wonderful church, and they're doing like a missions emphasis. And they put on a, a, a video from New Tribes Mission, and it's got a tribal, per, it's got a tribal person, and and the tribal guy saying, "We we really want to hear about Jesus, and we really we really want you to send somebody to tell us about Jesus." I'm thinking, great, you know, all oh, this sounds great, and then the narrator comes on and says, "Yes, they want to hear about Jesus, but we don't have anyone to send them." Like what? I'm stunned. I'm looking around at the room, and I'm thinking, "There's got to be somebody uh, out no, here who's ready to do something." Yeah, exactly. Like, well, all these wonderful people with their act together, because <laughs> I just didn't understand what, that we're all sinners. I thought it was just me, and uh, uh, surely they'll go. Well, what I found out is the harvest is plentiful, the workers are few, and uh, I I just thought the worst thing that can happen to anybody is to live their lives and never hear about Jesus Christ. Because that means they are without hope and without God, they have no shot. And it broke my heart. I, I, he was the only, Jesus was everything. And so uh, I thought, okay, well, I'll, I, if they need somebody to go talk to them about Jesus, I'm not a clergy, I'm not anything, but I can go tell them about Jesus. Uh, I got a New Testament, I'll, go, I'll do it. And of course I've, started going to Bible college and I found out there's a lot more, I, I got educated. I learned more stuff and, and, uh, uh, we ended up on the field. So uh, back up just a second in your conversation with your wife, just uh, uh, take a minute just to describe that. Like you're listening to this message. Nobody's responding. We have nobody to send to this guy who needs to know about Jesus. And in your heart, you're like going, my goodness, nobody else is responding. You know, maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm supposed to go. What's your wife saying? I, I married a Southern California shopping mall cheerleader that aspired to live in a house with a white picket fence and have kids. And she only wanted to be a wife and a homemaker. And she wasn't excited about going anywhere. <laughs> she loves South California, but she really wanted to be married to me. And so, uh, uh, she's an incredible lady. She, she went with me down to Venezuela and, and the Venezuelans loved her. She was a rock star in Venezuela. They, the Latin community is very focused on family. Yes. And in Christ, we had a wonderful family. We had four kids. And uh, two of the, you said two of the kids you had in here in the States. Yeah. We went to the field. We had a six week old and a one and a half year old. Nice. My wife was up for that, so that's the kind of lady I married. <laughs> you did well. Above my. <laughs> so, so then you go, you go down to Venezuela. We go down to Venezuela, yeah. Have two more kids. Two more kids, yeah. And you start doing what down there? Well, we were doing church planning and evangelism, and uh, when when we started, it, Venezuela was like less than one percent Christian. Uh, when we left twenty years later, it was over eleven percent Christian. We happened to be there during a great time of revival all through Latin America, church growth. It was wonderful. It was glorious. And uh, uh, 
what wasn't so glorious was we were ministering during the time that Hugo Chavez rose to power and they began to push a socialism agenda. And uh, I kind of knew what was coming and, and it was really, it, it was really difficult. Um, and I, and uh, uh, we ended up doing a church plant in a, uh, a neighborhood, a, a, a subdivision where president Chavez bless him had built housing for all kinds of poor people. And so everybody was there was, uh, had a house because of socialism and they were like socialists and but they needed Jesus. So we went in there and we started church knocking on all the doors and canvassing the neighborhood and we rented a building. And, but honestly, it was, it was great because the focus always had to be on Jesus. My politics were 180 degrees, but there was great unity in the church. There was great fellowship. Paul said, I, I just only wanted, uh, I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And we always kept the focus on Jesus. The mother church that we had started, it was half and half, and, and, and it was the same dynamic. As long as we kept the focus on Jesus, we were all going together. Uh, we were moving forward together. The, the big thing was to become like Christ. And it, politics was definitely second tier. No matter where you are in the world, no matter what the situation is going on, no matter up or down, Jesus is the answer. Yeah, we, we were just certain of that. Like, I could see it. I could see that socialism was going to disappoint these people. Like, I, I knew it. Like, I, I, you could see it. But the government they had previously had disappointed those people. Government... Good government is kind of a, a rarity in the world, to be quite honest with you. I, I travel the world. It, Jesus is pretty clear. Your citizenship is in heaven. Your hope is in heaven. You, you, we need to have our eyes on the set on the things above because this world is going to disappoint us. Amen to that. Amen. So, so now you're, you're I mean, revival is breaking out. Um, you, you, you get to see incredible fruit. Who you are, I mean, kind of look, if you look back, you know, how many years, you didn't even know Christ. No. And all of a sudden, you come, you, 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 you're born again, you give your life to Christ, he comes into your life, you get married, and you go down there, and God is using you to see a whole boatload of people come to faith. I'll tell you a funny story. We're, we're doing the first church plant, and I'm in the car with one of a, my disciples, and uh and I'm, I'm kind of thinking, now who's going to be the pastor of this thing? Like, we're going to have to have a pastor if we start a church. And he's like, well, you're going to be the pastor. <laughs> think, wait. We think that we got to go get a PhD oh, in theology. No. That's right. And like, no, 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 no. God was using you in powerful ways to share the simple story of the gospel. In spite of myself. You know, and... In spite of ourselves, God, yeah. Ephesians 3, God so many times does immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine. I was just a factory guy. A factory guy who falls in love with Jesus, who yeah. happens to marry a good wife, and uh, and then your kids. I, I want to talk a little bit just real before our break is over. Uh, you disciple your kids. Yeah. Uh, my, I come from a broken family. Mom and dad got divorced. My wife's parents got divorced. It was ugly and dysfunctional. And so we go to the field, and we don't have Christian community. We didn't have sharp guys to tell us how to. We had a six-week-old and a one-and-a-half-year-old, and we were 
not clear on the concept. <laughs> and so uh, I started reading the book of Proverbs. One ch- I got on that one chapter Proverbs a day plan, and I just thought, I'm going to do what it says here. Like, And uh, we began to do a lot of things that I think it would be great for families to do. Uh, and you and I have shared about that a little bit. We would pay our kids to read the Bible. Uh, I got that idea from John Maxwell. His dad paid him to read good books. I thought, okay, I'm going to pay him to read the Bible. And, and we set up an honor system. We would, uh, you know, it was, it was money back then. It was like $25. I don't know, it would be 50 or something. If you read a verse a day on the honor system, at least one verse, and you do it every day, six months, oh, dad will give you 50 bucks to, to, to do with. Ten, save 10%, tie 10%. You're going to have uh, the rest, 80%. And then when we get together at family time, I'd say, so what are you guys learning? You know, I'm paying for this. What are you all learning? <laughs> <laughs> we're going we're gonna to pick right back up from there because I, 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 our listeners need to hear the power of pouring into our kids. So we're going to take a break, come back. In the next couple of segments, we're going to talk about just when he thinks he's seen it all, a new movement, a disciple-making movement is now sweeping across the world and how Eric... And by the way, his wife, his, her name is Chris. Yes, it is. We keep referring to the wife, Chris and Eric, uh, how they see this movement and how it's affected them in their ministry. So we're going to take a break. Be back shortly on Solid Steps Radio. All right. Welcome back to Solid Steps Radio. This is our third segment, and we're having a lot of fun in between segments. If you we want to hear. Are, we are having a lot of fun. If you're catching this, in, if you're just catching this, just picking this up and you missed the first two segments, you can go to our Facebook page, you can go to SoundCloud, you can go to iTunes and just type in Solid Steps Radio and up will come our ugly mugs and you'll be able to click on our uh, the show and listen to it commercial free thanks to our great sponsors like Bright Star Home Care if you have a loved one who needs care in, in home care, whether that's once a week or 24-7, Bright Star Home Care can take care of your loved ones. Then Dan Hart Financial, if you want to retire I want to talk about what to do in your retirement and how to plan for that. Dan Hart Financial can help plan and prepare what a wise retirement looks like. Southern Smoke Catering Barbecue, southernsmokecatering.com. They are a catering-only barbecue company. Chris Hadley and them have been award-winning, and they've got the best brisket in town, which he still has not delivered. They said he was going to give me one, but he hadn't. He will. I know. And uh, so southernsmokecatering.com puts them south in your mouth is the name of is the tagline. <laughs> <laughs> and uh anyway so we've been talking the the past couple of segments with eric berry and and he's been a missionary in venezuela but maybe his most challenging uh possibly uh missions is maybe in his own home so eric you were talking about you you grew up in a home you weren't discipled by your my mom and dad you didn't know how to pour into your kids spiritually which i, I think that's true for uh, so many parents oh, yeah. so you you started reading the bible you started paying your kids to read the Bible, which is a unique concept. I like that. <laughs> yeah. What, 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 what else did you do while you're on the mission field to pour into your kids? Well, what we would do is we would have what we call family time. Mm-hmm. And so we'd sit everybody down, and uh, there were six of us, and I would say, so tell me, what, what are you guys learning from your Bible reading? What's God teaching you? And so they'd start to share. And, you know, it was— you know, or, or initially I was sharing stuff that I, God was teaching me, and I would say what they were learning. And my little guy, my youngest boy, didn't matter what we were talking about, David and Goliath, what do you learn, little Polly? He'd say, 
obey your parents. I'd say, that's right. Good lesson. <laughs> you know, you're getting a mixed bag with this. But we, we did it all the time. And I want to encourage dads because, frankly, I'm going to say for 15 years, I was the only guy that thought this was a good idea. If you know what I mean. My wife was supportive, but she, she was tired. Like, I'm making this happen. And uh, uh, after my, my oldest boy, we we're down on the field. He goes off to college. Uh, he comes back for Christmas. We're in the house about three days, and he says, Dad, aren't we going to have family time? And you could have knocked me over with a feather. And, and we've been, they now do it. We get online. Uh, we do a Zoom thing every month, and we share what God's doing in our hearts. Uh, we share what we're learning about God. It's created a culture where they build one another up. They, they, everybody shares. You know, I, I, initially I did a lot of it, like I said, but then they are starting to do it, and you would see that some of them are really good at it. You know, and, and uh, uh, that's one thing we did that really worked great. Another thing we did that really worked great was I wanted them to honor their mother. And so when, they, when we were small, I said, hey, here's what we're going to do on Mother's Day. We're going to take mom out, and all you kids are going to say what you love and appreciate about your mom. Mm. So they went around. We ran around the thing, and I thought, this worked great, man. So then every, on everybody's birthday, we would do the same thing. We would just take that person out, say, everybody sits down, and they all start saying what they love and appreciate about this person. And my daughter said to me, you know, Dad, I'm so glad you made us. This is when she's in her 20s. She said, sometimes I was so mad at my brother. And then I'd hear all this stuff, and I'd really, I really do love my brother. <laughs> <laughs> well, it heightened my love for all my kids. It, w- it, was, it was wonderful to hear them yeah. expressing love and appreciation to one another. And now they, they do it in the churches they're planning in, in, the, in the Muslim world because that culture, they all start crying. Well, fast forward. Tell our listeners, now all four of your kids are doing what? Oh, they're they're all they all became missionaries. I I did not tell them that that I, but I was unashamedly asking God to make them followers of Jesus and to call them to the unreached people groups of the world because it broke my heart that there wasn't enough laborers and I said, Lord, please call my kids to serve you as missionaries. And uh, and they all got married. They all married people that were doing that and that wanted to do that and they all went to the field and uh, honestly i just think it's the best job in the world i think i i don't know i know it's not that popular but man it's a great job they'll they'll, they'll pay you to talk to people about jesus and i thought man this is the best job going so now you're 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 now doing this in venezuela pouring your life not only into your kids but into others Uh, so many cultures family is so important and if you, if mom and dad love each other and the kids love each other and they're following Jesus together, they are looking at this like they want that. And they, and unfortunately, lots of places and cultures don't know how to get there. There's a lot of conflict and distrust in the house. And, and you, in Jesus, like our, both of us come from messy, my wife and I come from messy situations. And if not for Jesus, I'd have been just like my dad. You know, but in Jesus, Jesus can help us. Jesus can pull us together. When Jesus says, come to me, we can come to him with all our junk, all our baggage, all our wounds, all our pain, all, all our junk. And he is the one that begins to put things back together if we're willing to just follow him. Yeah. Amen. So, so um, Eric, talk to our listeners now about your, your 
discipling your kids, you're discipling your your God's using you in Venezuela. And there's a there's a thing that you begin to learn about uh, yeah. eventually called uh, disciple making movements or DMM. DMM, disciple yeah. making, making movements. movements. Describe that to our well, listeners. Th- think maybe of the house church movement in China where it's an underground thing where you don't have paid clergy, you don't have seminary, you don't have buildings. So we start a, a church in a house, it's lay led, and then it gets too big. And so we go to another house and we go to, it's real organic. It's real simple. It's real reproducible. You, you have a simple format that virtually anyone can do. You pray a lot, you share your faith a lot. And, and, and that we learned about this from uh, a missionary to, to China, a man named Curtis Sargent. And our mission just embraced this. It said, this is fantastic. And we began to teach our missionaries how to do it. Now, it's a different than the experience I had in Venezuela. We were, we wanted to make disciples that make disciples that make disciples, but frankly, we didn't have the tools. And if you like, we can talk about that later, but we didn't really have the, the tools and the intentionality that, that Curtis Sargent brought to us, and even as an agency. And we began to train all our people to do this. You know, start a church that can start a church that can start a church. And, and this deal is taking the missions world by storm. I mean, it is now just being exploding. Oh, my goodness, yes. In fact, it is the fastest growing uh, type of ministry going in the world today. It's growing. There's a, I know probably everybody's aware, there's a huge population boom. I mean, the the world population is just going through the roof the last. We are nearing 8 billion. Yeah. And the only thing that's keeping up is these movements. Uh, there, it's growing faster than the population growth. It's growing faster than the death rate. It's growing faster than any other religion. Uh, I'll tell you a stat you may not know. 29 million Muslims are now in these movements. Now, I don't, I don't want to bore your listeners with history, but for 1,400 years, Islam has been spreading and growing all across the globe. Big and, time. And for the first time in history, over the last 30 years, Christianity is pushing back in a big way. There are movements in, on every continent among Muslims. Uh, You've probably heard of what's going on in Iran, you know, 2 million Iranese. Well, 29 million globally. They're doing these three-thirds groups in Mecca of Saudi Arabia, if you can believe that. It's, it's something God is powerfully using. Uh, think of the priesthood of all believers. Think about getting everybody out of the stands and onto the field. Think about equipping lay people, regular people, people they're, that love they're, Jesus. They're, they're not paid pastors. Not paid pastors. They're not paid missionaries. They are people. They're plumbers and electricians and teachers and nurses and doctors. And and it's like they God is using them to plant churches multiply churches and disciple and pour into that's exactly right that is powerful in fact in china the experts tell us that the the movements in china which are vast millions and millions and millions the the motor for those movements was young uh college girls single college girls and high school girls because they had the time to go and do this Mm. they were out there sharing and and you think Unlikely heroes, but they're the heroes of this movement. That is incredible. And so um, it's happening in China. It's happening in India. It's happening in northern Africa. It's 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 happening happening globally. In in fact, in Louisville, 
the movement we're a part of uh, has just hit what we call four by four status. It's a milestone. It just means you started four streams of churches. Think a, 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 a group that starts a group that starts a group that starts a group, four generations. And we've started four different streams like that. To get there, you need about 100 groups. And, and here in Louisville, we have about 105 groups. That is powerful. That's good stuff. So we're going to take a break and come back in the fourth and final segment. We're going to talk more about disciple-making movements. And, and we see it in the scriptures with the Apostle Paul. And then how does that apply to us today in 21st century America or wherever you're listening? So we're going to take a break. Be back shortly here on Solid Steps Radio. We want to thank our sponsors for our show. And uh, those sponsors are Iroquois Family Dental. They've got two local, uh, local being in Louisville, Kentucky area. Uh, so they're a family-friendly dental office, hence the name Iroquois Family Dental. So they've got a couple locations. We thank uh, that crew for helping us out. Southeast, Southeast Outlook. They have been in publication now for over 20 years, and they are telling the story that God is writing all around the world. So we want to thank the Southeast Outlook. We also want to thank Veritech Generators. If you need a generator for your home or business or you have one that needs maintenance, Veritech Generator can help out. And also we want to thank uh, the Louisville Podcast Studios. We are doing our show if we say, oh, they sound pretty good. Well, you can do the same thing. If you want to do a podcast, you contact Louisville Podcast Studios. That's podloo.com, P-O-D-L-O-U.com. So, Eric, I'm just fascinated by this whole thing. Discipleship and disciple-making has been near and dear to my heart for years. And But I, I want our listeners to get a framework of you know what Paul was telling Timothy toward the very end of his life, uh, 2 Timothy 2.2. 2. Yeah. Um, yeah. That is a verse that's near and dear to our hearts. Uh, the things you've heard me say, he says, in the presence of many witnesses, these entrust to faithful people will be able to teach others also. So you have it going from Paul to Timothy, Timothy, the faithful people who teach in others. So you got this generational thing. And what's fascinating to me is he says, the things you heard me say, this is the stuff I was saying all the time. Now, And that means I, I could say it to you. You could remember it. You could do it. You could say it to him. He could remember it. He could do it. He was telling them stuff that they could remember and do. You know, like, now I'm guilty of this. i I've got a conference to give. I make photocopies. I hand you the thing, and here you go, buddy. <laughs> and and that's how we've done. That's how I did it for twenty years. And I'm not knocking it. I learned a lot of great stuff in that. But I love Paul's simplicity. I love the uh, he he could teach people. They could do it. And this is what's changing the world. We believe in the priesthood of all believers. That great Reformation doctrine. That great scripture. Uh, uh, we we we're fully convinced that. This is what God's going to bless. God wants to see people getting out of the stands and on the field. God, his Holy Spirit wants to work through every single person. And and I'm a, I'm amazed by, by what Paul does and what Paul says in Romans 15. That, as a missionary, this just challenged me. He says, he says you know, uh, Romans 15, 23, I, I fully preached the gospel from Jerusalem to Illyricum, and now there's no place left for me to work. There's no place left for me to preach. I'm a missionary, and I'm thinking, holy smokes. I don't know if we know where Jerusalem is. I, I mean, we know where Jerusalem is, but I don't know if we know where Illyricum is. It's like nine countries away across from Italy. Think Albania. That's that's where, like, he goes from Jerusalem to Albania. I've got it covered. They're doing it. How can Paul say that? What he did was he would train you 
you train somebody else, he trains somebody else, and, and Paul gets this going, and then pretty soon he realizes, okay, it wouldn't matter if I'm here or not. They're doing what I told them to do. They're, they're doing the same things. I'm, I'm no longer essential here. I need to go on to Spain, these regions where the gospel has not yet been proclaimed. And it wasn't until I got into the DMM world I saw the power of this. It's like, holy smokes, when you get this going, you know, just think about uh, some, maybe you've had Tony Cash on this program or something. Think about Tony sending him to seminary and saying, get a degree in you know, before you start missing. No, he's embraced this movement. He's embraced the tools. He's having this huge impact on, and he's got quite a story. I'm sure you guys brought it out, but that's regular people. Uh, you don't have to be Bible college, seminary yeah, trained. You. you just walk with Jesus and God will use you in a powerful way. And and, and yeah. it's been, you know, it's, there's this multiplication that you're seeing um, to, not just, it's around the world. Oh my goodness, we we uh, we started five years ago with one group at our church, and and what what has happened is there's now close to 900 groups globally. We're in uh, the the year of the pandemic. We went from 100 groups in 2020 to 560 groups. Uh, this year we're we've added another 340 groups. But honestly, it's not us. It's God. We're like, we're training people to do this. And God has sovereignly decided he's blessing this thing. You know, like he wants people to, his Holy Spirit longs to work through you and through me. And Jesus picked 12 regular guys to change the world. They were fishermen and carpenters. And, and it was like, I just think God delights in it. He sees them coming back from the first missionary trip, and he says, I praise you, Father, because you didn't choose the wise and the powerful. You choose to show this to children, to, to relative babes. He loved it. And he says he rejoices greatly. I just think when we get out and we make an impact for Jesus, John says, I have no greater joy than seeing my children walk in the truth. And that's a powerful statement. And this is what God's doing through DMMs. There's, there's, there's movements everywhere. We're, we're, we are seeing God do, well, I mentioned Mecca of Saudi Arabia, just kind of a, but think, think everywhere. This is happening. God is doing this. It's, it's something, it's kind of like when we got to Venezuela, we were just this little tiny thing, small part of this massive thing God was doing. And I feel like that's what we're doing here locally. And because of the pandemic, God has made it so that it's common to do trainings via Zoom. And yeah. so, uh, we're training people. Uh, we're training them in Spain. They're training them in Chile. They're training them in Paraguay. We're, you know, the 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 work in North Africa. They've started a work in in uh, Istanbul of Turkey. One of their people went to Istanbul. She's just a college kid. She starts a group like this in Istanbul of Turkey. Mm. It's and, just glorious. So so, and I know you've got. There's. I mean, it's just. It's everywhere. It's in Brazil. It's it's. Talk to our listeners. How, if, if they like, hey, Eric, I need to know about this. How do they get a hold of you? How do they get a hold of more information so that we can, th th they can be a part of this process? Oh, we'd love that. We would love it. Go to th the number three, the word thirds, the word movement, three thirds movement.com or dot org. And, and there's a way to contact. You'll see all our stuff. All our resources are there. We're giving it away. Uh, you, we would love to do it. We are literally training people across the country and across the world. Our vision statement is, is to 
to be disciples that make disciples that make disciples and thus to see God raise up a disciple making movement that will bless our church, our city, our state, our nation and the ends of the earth. And we're seeing people, we're ramping up to send a group to South Sudan. And it's just beautiful. They speak English. It's an orphanage. There's 900 kids there. Uh, the, 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 the directors asked us to go and train them. He said, hey, we, we don't just teach Bible. We train people to, to, to be a part of a movement. He says, that's what we need. He says, in South Sudan, the tribes are warring. They're fighting each other. There's violence. It's almost a failed state. He says, we've got orphans from all those tribes. We want to raise them up and send them back to their tribes oh, to be wow. peacemakers. We're so pumped about it because we're going to be taking regular lay people from our church. We're going to take them over there. They're not, they're not missionaries, but they know how to do this stuff. And we're going to train these kids who speak English. And I just think, oh, this is so glorious. Like, let's talk about getting them out of the stands and onto the field. Listen. So, what are what are a couple pieces of a three thirds that makes it work and so simple? Well, first of all, there's no you don't need to be prepare. You just need to be obedient. It's it, three thirds stands for uh, uh, looking back as a third of your time. You, you, you review the week. You look up. You listen to God. And again, you're praying for the Holy Spirit to that's, teach. That's you. the other third. Yeah, the last third is looking forward. You ask the Holy Spirit, "How am I going to obey this? Who am I going to train with this passage?" And so, as a as a leader, you're just counting on the Holy Spirit to show up, and He always shows up. My life has been changed by this. I'm a better follower of Jesus because of this, and and that's what we hear across the board. Yeah. It, both Chad, both of us, we've been a part of this. Right. I started one last year during the pandemic. Uh, we meet via Zoom, and for that very reason, we had one gentleman in it who's a truck driver who's from Afghanistan originally, and he's in the States now, and he drives around in his truck. And we had one guy who was in Slovakia at one time. Wow. Uh, one guy who uh, was uh, in Lexington who comes regularly, and we all meet. You know, and, and but the, what I love about it is, I want you to talk about this for 30 seconds, is is that there's no curriculum. No, the Bible. That's it. We just open up the scripture. Bible. Talk about that for a second. Well, it, it's just beautiful. You you pick a passage, and then you re, you go through the same format each time, and you'll learn the format. It's not complicated, and then it'll just be easy. The people in your group will learn it. It'll be easy for them. They're, they're going to know what's coming. New people, if you're, if you're brand new in the faith, you can be a part of it because it's just what is the Holy Spirit showing you about this text and the Holy Spirit speaking to everybody? They can do it. Yeah, I love it. I need you to pray for us. Uh, it's thank you for coming in. We we this 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 show has flown by. But say a p quick prayer for our guys who are listening. Will you please do that, Eric? Father, uh, help us. Mm. Uh, fill us with your Spirit. Help us to make disciples of our our wives, our children, our workmates. Uh, help us to to be. Uh, obedient followers of Jesus Christ to be salt and light, to make an impact in this world. You long to do that through us, and we want to see it happen. Please help us to do this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, brother. Thanks for coming in. And uh, three-thirdsmovement.org. Yeah. Folks, three-thirdsmovement.org. Look them up and join them. Please. It's actually three-thirdsmovement.com. .com. Right. Sorry about that. Sorry. So it's My, bad. The My bad. My <laughs> bad. Okay, I'm going to set these two up, and I'm just going to talk. The number three, thirdsmovement.com. And I'm going to put that on our website. So you're like, oh, what is that? Go to our Facebook page. We'll put a link down there. You'll be able to go to it, get all that information. Hey, if you heard something today that stirred in you, said, man, I know I'm not walking the way I'm supposed to. You know what? Solid Steps is about you taking the next step. What's your next step? 
reach out to us, reach out to anybody else you know and say, hey, I'm not walking with God. What does it look like? Three thirds is a great way to, to start that process. So thank you for listening again to Solid Steps Radio.